Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy dropped Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. Enzo got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. Welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show, brought to you by Indeed and by Bet Online. So, there's a bunch that we could talk about today. There's a whole bunch of stuff, but we've covered so much GM stuff, covered so much head coach stuff, that I want to kind of do a little bit of poking around on interim head coaches. And we're going to dig in a little bit here. This is not going to be a long episode. And then toward the end, we'll talk a little bit about kind of some of the potential issues for the Lions coming up against the Packers. But I just thought this was something really intriguing because obviously Daryl Bevel has brought a different level of energy to the Lions and they beat the Bears in very dramatic fashion in his first week. And since there's still a month to go before Really much movement can happen on the head coaching front unless they go and hire a college coach or go and hire somebody who's not coaching at the moment. Then you're going to be waiting till at least the first week of full week of January to really see any true, true movement as far as interviews go and then potentially a hire and we'll see what happens with general managers. So this is, a, as Daryl Bevel has said, a five game audition for him. One game in, he's done pretty well, but he's got four to go, and this is the teeth of the schedule, and this has always been the teeth of the Lions' schedule from really the start of the season. Everyone thought that first month would be difficult, and it proved to be that, but the last month was always where you looked at and you're like, oh, I don't know how that's going to go, because while they do have three games at home, all four of these teams if the season ended today, I believe would be in the playoffs. Green Bay, Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Minnesota. The Lions still haven't beaten Minnesota in years. Green Bay, they've had a pretty decent history against them lately, but the Packers are legit, and you'll hear about that more with Rob Domovsky tomorrow. And We also get into some potential GM and head coaching candidates that he's been around during his time with the Packers on tomorrow's show. So there's that to look forward to. And Tennessee and Tampa Bay are, are both good teams. So this might be the high for Daryl Bevel. And if he manages through this schedule, I think at the very least, he should get an interview for the full-time job. But beyond that, this is good benefit for him when you're looking at maybe down the road for him at another spot, whether he's offensive coordinator again with the Lions, if whoever comes in wants to keep him, or whether he's somebody somewhere else next year that if he's able to manage this schedule pretty well, I think he will get 
head coaching looks, and frankly, he should if he manages it. But at 1-0 right now, 1-0 could turn to 1-4 really, really easily if kind of the roster comes back to the roster. So what's happened with the Lions and interim coaches? That that was one thing I wanted to look at. And really, they haven't had a ton of them in the modern era to really stand out. Dick Duron being the first one, he took over for Steve Mariucci after Mariucci was fired in similar situations to Matt Patricia right after Thanksgiving in 2005. Duron took over and they went one and four, which is potentially still a possibility here. Now, now they didn't get the interim coach bump right at the start because Duron lost three of his first four games before finishing one and four. They lost to the Vikings 21-16. They lost to the Packers in overtime, which actually Daryl Bevel was on the staff of that Packers team 16-13. They got blown out by the Bengals 41-17. They beat New Orleans 13-12, and then they lost to Pittsburgh in the finale 35-21. By the way, that one win against the New Orleans team, New Orleans was worse than the Lions that year. They were 3-12. and That was a Jim Hazlitt coach team. And, yeah, that <laughs> looking at that box score, there was a defensive touchdown by Sean Rogers and then field goals from each team the rest of the way. John Carney had four of them. Jason Hansen had two of them. Lions win 13-12. I mean, God, that must have been a really rough game to watch. Um, I don't remember it. I was covering Notre Dame, and that was on Christmas Eve. So I doubt many people were watching that game unless you were maybe diehard Lions fans. But, ooh, that's that's a brutal one. So that was in 2005. So not so much success there. Gary Moeller, however, had a lot more success in really his only stint as a head coach on the NFL level. Obviously, he had a, he was a college coach, as we all know, uh, at Michigan. But Moeller's seven games, they went four and three in 2000, and things were going well, and they were rolling a little bit. And there has been this long-held theory that Gary Moeller would have gotten the full-time gig had Paul Edinger not made a field goal to beat the Lions at the end of the game with no time left, a 54-yarder that sent the Lions, who were 9-7 and seven that year, away from being 10-6, and six, likely would have made the playoffs at 10-6. and six. And instead, everything changed. The Lions cleaned house. They brought in Matt Millen, as everybody knows. They brought in Marty Morningwag, as everybody knows. And the Lions have had a whole bunch of head coaches with only one guy having any sort of success since. So Gary Moeller was what you almost want out of an interim coach. Like, that's what you're aiming for. Bobby Ross, he took over for Bobby Ross after Bobby Ross quit. And, like, basically, that's what you want to see. If you are Daryl Bevel, you kind of want to have a Gary Moeller-esque approach and a Gary Moeller-esque tenure there to what was going on. I mean, listen, he took over in Week 11, and in Week 11 – the Lions were five and four. They were five and four. So he kept things afloat. And I mean, he won his first three games. Like, that's not bad. 
And then he lost every team in the division, and that probably really sunk him. But he beat every team that wasn't in the division. He lost to the Vikings. The Vikings, however, were a really good team that year. Denny Green, that was a fantastic team. The Packers were an average team that year. And the Bears, as we all know, were a bad team that year. Finished the season 5-11. and 11. And, yeah, that just kind of did it in. That did Gary Moeller in. But that is their modern history as far as interim coaches go. So will Bevel be more like Moeller and maybe put himself in a position to get the full-time job? Or will it be more like Jerron where it just didn't work out and you know that they're moving on and you know that they're kind of trying to go in a completely different direction? Now, of course, you know, who got hired after those two interim situations were two of the worst Lions coaches in history. Marty Morningweig went 5-27 and in his two years. Rod Marinelli went 10-38 and in his three seasons, including the 0-16 season. So not a great track record of hiring after the interim coach. However, things have changed. These are different owners now. This is a different owner in Sheila Fordhamp, and you kind of maybe see where that goes. But... He's also taking over for a guy that had a worse winning percentage than Steve Mariucci and a much worse winning percentage than Bobby Ross, who was 27 and 30 from 1997 to 2000. So that is the history of the Lions interim coaches. We'll be back right after this with a little bit more on interim coaches, and then we'll get into some stuff about the Lions that happened on Wednesday and what that could mean for Sunday right after this. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over, much to the happiness of probably everybody. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. That's right, no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new New way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast, faster than even Matt Prater's 59-yard field goal went through the uprights. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football, as we have seen, is very much back in full swing. And you might not be at a game this year, only 
500 or so people can be in Lions games over the last couple of home games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use that promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us. And before we get into some Lions stuff. I just want to go through the interim coaches of this year, as we all know that there are a few. Now, obviously, you know who they are. Daryl Bevel right now is 1-0. And Raheem Morris, however, in Atlanta, that right now, to me, is the guy that you look at and you're like, oh, he's really putting together a very nice resume for the future. Because Raheem Morris, you can really say, well, maybe he wants to be a head coach again down the road. And... You look at what they've done, and listen, they started out 0-5, and that's when they fired Dan Quinn. Since then, Raheem Morris has been 4-3, and and he's done it with a roster that's been a bit banged up. You know, Todd Gurley's been out, Dante Fowler's been hurt, Hayden Hurst has been hurt, Julio Jones has been hurt. You know, every team has injuries. Calvin Ridley's been hurt, but he's kept them afloat. Listen, they're not in any sort of playoff hunt or anything like that. That was pretty much not going to happen after 0-5, but they beat Minnesota. And frankly, they would be 5-7. and seven. They would have the same record as the Lions, although the Lions wouldn't have this record, had Todd Gurley fallen six inches shorter, as we all know, because if Todd Gurley doesn't score on that play... The Falcons are beating the Lions. That's just happening. That's just the reality of what it would have been, barring some sort of even more improbable miracle. So if you look at that, they would have won four in a row going into the bye under Raheem Morris had that not happened. Now, sure, you can you know play the what-if game all you want, and we've done that on both sides when it comes to the Lions this year, but that shows you what Raheem Morris did and what that changes. So if I am the Lions with Daryl Bevel and I want to see success, and obviously, as we talked about yesterday, the playoffs are a long shot at 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, like just a real long shot, but he would have he was six inches away from being 4-0 to start, and the Lions would obviously take that, and then he would also be 5-2, and two, and while... They wouldn't be in the playoff hunt per se. They'd be in the same spot as the Lions are now with like a very, very thin chance. Although they have to play Tampa twice and they have to go to Kansas City. So their schedule would be equally as hard as Detroit's, although they do get the Chargers this weekend, which is probably a bit easier than what you're looking at for the Lions. But of course, last if you took the the last five-game scenario, they had played the Saints last weekend. So I think the schedules would have been kind of analogous between the Lions and the Falcons here in their last five. So Raheem Morris is a guy that you look at, and that's like kind of a best-case scenario taking over that type of situation. I think Raheem Morris has done enough that he should at least maybe be interviewed for the full-time job. I don't know what Arthur Blank's going to do, obviously, but 
I think he at least deserves the consideration. But like Bevel, if Bevel does well here, he's at least putting himself in position where he can get interviews other places this offseason. He can go be a DC somewhere next season and be a guy that's automatically a pretty good head coaching candidate going into 2022. Like these are all good positive things if you are Raheem Morris right now with what you've been able to do and it's something that Daryl Bevel should aspire to. Now, obviously on the other side of this is Houston and Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell clearly the guy that basically ended Matt Patricia's time with the Lions, although I mean it was pretty much done at that point, but the way that the Texans just blew out the Lions basically sealed it. Now, Romeo Cornell took over for an 0-4 Bill Bryant. And what has he done? He's stabilized the team as well. The Texans are 4-4 and since, so they are also in a bad situation at 4-8. They had no shot. Their schedule, a bit easier down the road. They play the Bears. They play the Colts. They play the Bengals. They play the Titans. The playoffs are not in their cards. But you look at what Romeo Cornell has done, and they took the Titans to overtime in his second week as the interim head coach and really their only bad losses bad loss was to the Packers and the Packers are a really good team but everyone else they kind of hung with and the teams they lost to are all playoff teams they lost to the Titans they lost to the Packers they lost to the Browns they lost to the Colts all those teams could be in the playoffs when this is all said and done so you look at that and you say, okay look there is something to the interim coach thing and we'll see what happens now with the Lions and that could show you even more that if Daryl Bevel does well here, he should get consideration. Again, I'm not saying he should be the guy. Although, if you go 5-0, and I think you probably have to have that conversation. If you get in the playoffs, I think you really have to think about it. Yes, I know there is the Freddie Kitchens example. However, you look at what Bevel has done, and you look at how the team has rallied around Bevel, and I don't see that changing because Bevel has a ton of experience. And don't forget, he's been a name that like people have talked about as head coach material before. So again, these are just things to watch going forward. Uh, and now, really quickly with the Lions, obviously Kenny Galladay did not practice again on Wednesday. That's not a good sign. At this point, with how much he's been out and how long he's been out, you have to figure that probably not trending great toward him playing on Sunday. Now we'll see what happens today during practice. If he's out, able to get out on the field, that's maybe a little bit of a positive direction. However, considering the way Daryl Bevel has talked about DeAndre Swift, and obviously these are two much different situations, a brain injury followed by an illness versus a hip injury. He has concerns of him being out for so long and getting some of that rust and working his way back. Now, Galladay also has a lot of experience where DeAndre Swift does not, so that's part of it too. But I think you probably would see once Galladay gets back to practice, I would guess you're probably seeing him at best, if he gets back to practice, if he comes back to practice, a limited role and a limited package because you want to work him back a bit and at least probably try to get him a full week of at least limited practice, I would think, before you throw him out there in a game obviously he would help the lions because jair alexander he would be a tough matchup for jair jair alexander it would put more pressure on kevin king against marvin jones and it would spread out the packers defense a little bit but 
I mean, I just don't see it at this point. But again, let's see what happens here on Thursday. But based off of how Galladay has been handled so far to date with his injury, it seems more improbable than probable that he would play. But again, we'll see. Better news is DeAndre Swift did practice on a limited basis. And that's a good sign as he's coming back from this illness. I did ask Daryl Bevel very specifically today about what all of this means for DeAndre Swift and what, how much of this is him coming off of rust and not having played for a while versus him basically being in the situation of, you know, just recovering. And here's what he had to say. Quote, I think it's still just trying to ramp him up from what he was going through more than the rustiness, but we're still taking that into consideration. It's important for us to kind of get him up to speed. When you take that much time off and you're not out there running around full speed, you don't want to give him full go and then have him have a soft tissue injury or anything. Kind of want to work him back as well, but I would say kind of more from the illness. So that says that, you know, they're not worried about him being rusty, but like, they want to make sure he's coming back. Now, that pairs with what they said last week about Swift, that if he played, it would be in a limited package. And I would think that at this point, and I know this is important for fantasy playoffs and obviously important for the Lions as a team, You're prob- I can't see them going full go. That answer right there, now there's a long way between now and Sunday, but that answer right there tells me that even if DeAndre Swift is available, I don't expect him to get the type of workload he was getting before he got hurt when he was playing against Washington. Like, I just don't see that happening per se because, frankly, you know, they're going to try and work him back. And also that could be Bevel's philosophy when it comes to how he handles offensive players, which should come into play, too, for Galladay. The other guy to potentially pay attention to is on Johnson because he did hurt his knee. This is the third time in three years he does have a knee injury. He did practice on a limited basis, so that is a good sign But when I asked about the level of concern there, here's what Bevel said. Quote, we're still going to continue to treat him like we normally do. He's a veteran player, so we'll continue to monitor him during the week. On Wednesday, we're usually a little bit lighter and then kind of ramp him up as the week goes. We'll continue to do that, and there's really no change in his status. So that's one to watch to me on Thursday and Friday of how much is he doing. Is he limited all week? Do they bump him up to full practice? And... If he is limited as well, you have to figure that they're going to rely on Adrian Peterson a bit because Daryl Bevel's done that. Peterson thought he ran pretty well against Chicago, so that's something to pay attention to. And Green Bay's run defense is not that good. You'll hear more about that tomorrow with Rob Domofsky. And that there could potentially be, from a fantasy perspective and also for a real-life perspective from the Lions, a good sign for the Lions if they need Adrian Peterson to kind of be their main back again. And frankly, even when Kerryon Johnson got was healthy last week, you saw that they still used Adrian Peterson a good amount. So those are three injuries to watch. The other one of concern, Tyrell Crosby did not practice as he is battling an injury as well. Remember, he left fairly early in that Bears game and Matt Nelson had to come in. So it'll be interesting to see how the Lions handled that with a full week of preparation you have to figure Matt Nelson probably still looking like the guy at this point at that spot however there are some other options there they could move some guys around I mean Joe Dahl although I wouldn't start him necessarily at tackle does have tackle eligibility this is where 
you know, Vitae being on IR really does hurt you if you are the Lions and you're in a tough spot. But Crosby does have the ankle injury. We'll see again what happens on Thursday and Friday with him. But the fact that he did get hurt and then sat out Wednesday's practice is not the best sign. C.J. Moore also out with an ankle injury on Wednesday. And Jeff Okuda continues to be out with a groin injury on Wednesday. Much like Swift, I would imagine that at this point, if you're the Lions, you're probably moving Okuda along pretty slowly to come back for similar reasons as Swift. However, um, you maybe need Okuda a little bit more than you need Swift because otherwise you're rolling Daryl Roberts and, and Mike Ford in kind of that situation at corner opposite Amani Awarie. But we shall see what happens. Mike Ford has played in some big spots before, as has Daryl Roberts. And they obviously have Justin Coleman that can kick out to the outside as well. We've seen what they can do there already with that. But to me, that means that this could be a really interesting matchup for Amani Awarie this weekend if they end up traveling him with Devontae Adams, but then who's going to match up with Alan Lazard? This Packers team is a problem. They're a handful when you're fully healthy. The Lions are not fully healthy on defense. They're not fully healthy on offense, and that's going to be even more problematic for them going forward. So you'll hear more about that tomorrow, and we'll get into some GM and head coaching candidates that have Packers ties with Rob Domoski of ESPN. So come back for that tomorrow. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike Rothstein on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And as always, really appreciate all the support y'all have given in this podcast throughout the past year and a half or year and change. I really do appreciate it and hopefully you continue to do so. And with that, we will talk with you tomorrow.